Chapter 7, Keanu Rubini. I'm still in SCS 8. Well, technically I'm in nothing, since I never officially enrolled in school. Back on the first day, Chauncey turned out to have stomach flu. That's why he barfed. Like, there needs to be a reason for him to paint the town. So, Stepmonster never showed up to register me. That night, eating takeout pizza for dinner, while feeding Chauncey medicine out of an eyedropper, she asked me, Kiana, did you get everything straightened out with that office? Jeez, Louise, my father exclaimed. You were supposed to take care of that. Chauncey got sick, she began defensively. It's okay, interrupted. It's all taken care of. I'm still not sure why I said that. Nothing is taken care of. There's no such thing as Keanu Rubini at Greenwich Middle School. If I had any teacher besides Mr. Kermit, I would have been busted on day one. What's more, I'm in the unteachables. Oh, sure, they call it a self-contained special yada yada yada, but that's just code for burnouts, nitwits, rejects, and behavior problems. Plus, one displaced Californian. It goes without saying that I don't belong. I've kind of boxed myself into a corner, though. It would have been hard to switch out since I was never really switched in. But then I need Stepmonster register me for the real. And I'd have to explain what I've been doing for the past two weeks. It's not worth it. I'm a short timer anyways. I never changed my address from Los Angeles. So no one will ever find out there's a girl living here who isn't enrolled in school. And believe me, Mr. Kermit isn't going to notice. He's got an extra kid in the class. Most of the time, he doesn't even notice if he's got a class. I'm not learning anything, but even if I was in genius classes, I don't think there's much this one-horse town can teach me in two months. Could be even less, Mom says. Her movie is going really, really well, which means I could be back in California even sooner than expected. Fingers and toes crossed. In spite of all that, I have to admit I'm fascinated by SCS 8. It's not a good class, not even close. It's kind of an interesting one, though. I always assume that kids who end up in programs like that are just plain dumb. Not this bunch. They have quirks, sure. But unteachable? I don't see what's so terrible about them that they can't be with everybody else. Well, maybe Aldo. Anybody who can, can get mad at a locker and all that. Still, when I look into all those eyes, which are green, by the way, I see a person who doesn't want to be so angry. Anyway, if the kids are a little strange, they're not half as strange as their teacher. I use the word teacher very loosely. That's another problem I have about calling them the unteachables. How can the school know they're unteachable if nobody ever tries to teach them? It's been two weeks and Mr. Kerman hasn't taught anything yet. He barely even speaks. He doesn't like kids, and he doesn't seem too fond of the other adults either. Yet there's something cool about him too. Nothing throws him, except maybe Vuelas. Anybody who could put out a trash can bonfire with a cup of coffee and never mention it must have ice water in their veins, even by LA standards. And just when you think you've got him figured out, something new about him comes out like his street pa secret past with Miss Fountain's mother, or when he fought like a tiger to get Barnstrom included in the pep rally. Now Barnstrom is fully reinstated to the Golden Eagles. 
He even stands on the sidelines at football games, leaning on his crutches and dispensing advice to the players. He has Mr. Kermit to thank for that. One day, Barnstrom is off at a team meeting when Miss Fountain pokes her head into the room. Mr. Kermit, she calls. My group is about to have a circle time, and we were wondering if you and your students might like to join us. Circle time, he repeats, mystified. I stare at our teacher. He, How could anyone in the school business never have heard about circle time? You know, I explain, like the little kids do. It's not just for little kids, Miss Fong corrects. It's for everyone. Positive reinforcement is something you never outgrow. Think of how much better our world would be if national leaders would only sit in a circle and be kind and civil to one another. So we all troop over to room 115 and let me tell you, that class doesn't look too thrilled to see us coming through the door. They're seventh graders, only a year younger than us, but it's a major year for growth spurts, so they seem a lot punier. Plus, we have a reputation that was obvious from the VIP seats they gave us at the pep rally and how quickly we got thrown out at the first sign of trouble. Miss Fountain's students are intimidated by all of us, so you can imagine how they feel about Elaine, the subject of the school legends about force-feeding people pages of their own textbooks and pounding them with uprooted ficus trees. She, that's what she says, ficus trees, but it's really ficus trees. Plus, she covers literally 30 degrees of the whole circle. There really is a circle marked off with a yellow tape on the floor. In the middle is a smiley face, also a yellow tape. If my friends in L.A. could see me now, on second thought, God forbid, kid drivers, unteachables, and now this Greenwich sure is some town. Mr. Kermit doesn't want to sit on the floor with the kids, but Miss Fountain does it, so he has to do it too. There's a lot of groaning as he lowers himself down, and a crack that might be from his hip joint. He balances the bucket of coffee precariously on his lap. The room is like an overgrown kindergarten class. Bright colors blaze from every wall. There are class lists with multicolored star awards. Every single piece of information comes in a voice bubble emerging from the mouth of a happy cartoon animal. Susie the science snake and Harvey the hall pass hippo. I'd probably like it if I was about Chauncey's age. Mateo does like it. He lives his life through fictional characters anyway. He lingers in front of the big posters, drinking in, de in the details of the vibrant caricatures. Mr. Kerman has to order him to take a seat on the circle. Miss Fountain even has a real animal in a glass terrarium in the corner of the room, under a sign proclaiming him to be Vladimir, is the some kind of lizard about eight inches long. A miniature Gorn, Mateo blurts out. He's a gecko, a seventh grader corrects. Parker snaps his fingers. Like that lizard from the TV commercials? He's a gold dust day gecko, Miss Fountain explains. You can tell by the flecks of yellow on his scales. Gorns are from Star Trek, Mateo supplies, although nobody asks for an explanation. They're a reptilian race from Tau Latre 9, advanced enough to have mastered space travel. A loud snicker comes from one of the seventh graders. Class, 
Let's welcome our new friends to the circle, Miss Fallon announced. Who has a compliment to offer? Somebody's feet stinks, Aldo complains. Miss Kermit, Mr. Kermit glares at him. That's not a compliment. Yeah, I know, Aldo concedes, but something smells pretty ripe around here. Maybe it's the Gorn cage, Mateo puts in. A compliment, Miss Fountain goes on as if no one else has spoken. Is a positive comment, a well done, to make people feel good about themselves. Try again, Aldo. Aldo is thinking so hard that his face screws up, like Chauncey's when he's going to the bathroom in the diaper. He looks all around the circle and comes up empty. I know I'm just a short timer and it's pointless to care about people I never have to see again once my mom finishes shooting her movie, but my heart goes out for Aldo, who has this red, red hair that just won't stay combed. How must it feel inside when he is closest to you, can't get to saying something that nice involving anybody else except for their foot odor? From the opposite side of the room, a low voice announces, That's a nice door. We all crane our necks to see who is speaking. To my surprise, it's Elaine. I beg your pardon, says the young teacher, distracted. Your shirt, Elaine tells Miss Fountain. It's a nice look for you. What a lovely thing to say. Thank you, Miss Fountain frowns at Elaine. I don't think I know your name. I don't think so either, Elaine rumbles back. Miss Fountain turns questioningly to Mr. Kermit, who gives her a blank shrug. That's Elaine, I exclaim. We've been in class with him for two weeks. Doesn't he know any of us? A few whispered murmurs of rhymes of pain comes from our class in the seventh graders. A voice sounds in the hall. Where did everyone go? A moment later, Barnstrom swings in through the doorway. <clears throat> On his crutches, fresh from his meeting with his football team. I was wondering where you guys were. Hey, check it out. Circle time. Join our circle, Miss Fountain invites. Why don't you share how you hurt your leg? I'm guessing it was from a football injury. No way, Barnstrom scoffs. The tackler isn't born who can catch me. I was changing a light bulb in the bathroom and I slipped off the toilet seat. I can see it coming, but I'm powerless to stop it. As Barnstrom plops himself down on the floor next to Aldo, one of his crutches whacks the red-headed boy in the side of the head. Ow! Enraged, Aldo sweeps the offending crutch aside, knocking it into the corner. The rubber tip clips the corner of the lizard tram, setting it skittering across the floor. The Gorn, Mateo exclaims. Vladimir cries, several of the seventh graders. The gecko is out of his home like a shot. He does a quick loop of the room and finds the door. Mateo frowns. Gorns are slow and prodding in Star Trek. I guess Star Trek isn't that much like real life, Parker observes. You can see that again. Say that again. There's nothing slow or lazy about Vladimir. By the time the first seventh graders reach the hall, their class pet is long gone. I'm kind of impressed on how calm Miss Fountain stays. She's all business on the intercom with the office disturbing the describing the escaped lizard. Thank you for a very enjoyable uh, circle time, Mr. Kermit says formally. We should probably say our goodbyes, though. I doubt she even hears him. Back in room 117, I'm thinking how we're really going to get it.
but our teacher silently returns to his crossword puzzle, leaving us to the worksheets on our desks. Thank you. Chapter 8 tomorrow.